Well, tonight I had um, anticipated maybe ministering something to you along the line of provision because there was a little something on that exhortation on Sunday morning about, you know, when, when there's a pitcher, ever, anybody ever played baseball when the pitcher had a little extra on the ball? Like, wow, there was a little extra hot sauce on it and was striking everybody out. Just like, wow, we got the pitcher. We're going to make it to the finals. There just seemed to be a little something on that Sunday morning, but maybe another time. Uh, what I actually got today as I was, as I was uh, waiting on the Lord was the, uh, uh, a message entitled, Walk in the Spirit or Walk in the Flesh, Choose Wisely. Amen. Walk in the Spirit or Walk in the Flesh, Choose Wisely. Remember the Indiana Jones uh, set of movies where they were looking for the, the chalice, you know, and then they had to go into this place and there was all these all these cups to choose from and they're like which one is the one that the that the that the that the master would have drunk from of course that's superstitious but still the whole idea of the the the, the gentleman that's safeguarding the 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 chalices he says choose wisely and i hear i hear an echo from that coming back to us tonight which is choose wisely how you're going to live your life Choose wisely, walk in the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to be talking about Galatians 5, you know, the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the flesh. But on the other hand, you'll see uh, there's little, com- maybe some components about that. Let's turn to our first scripture, John 6:53. Are you ready? Yes. Lord, help us tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray for my friends and those that will be listening through podcast or through CD. We thank you for your precious holy word. In Jesus' name, challenge us, help us to grow. We commend uh, our, uh, our congregation to the word of God as usual, that it may build them up and give them an inheritance among the saints in light. In Jesus' name. John 6.33, in the King James Version, Jesus said these words, uh, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth how much? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this is a very bold statement, but Jesus said it. The flesh profits nothing. Nothing. I like what it says in the Amplified Classic. It says, It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. There is no profit in it. So, whatever you do by the arm of the flesh, so to speak, whatever you do by your fleshly uh, endeavors, profits absolutely nothing, according to Jesus. But he goes on to say that the words and the truths that I am speaking to you, they are two things, spirit and they are life. Amen. So it behooves us to make wise choices on whether we're conducting our day-to-day decisions, whether they be business, investment, relationships, service, purchases, uh, whatever role you have, parenting, husbanding. You know, uh, wives uh, would be, you know what I mean, spouse decision, things like that. How you treat people, whether you're going to do it by the Spirit or whether you're going to do life by the flesh. I want to turn your attention to Philippians chapter 3. And there's a little segment here of of, uh, 12 verses which kind of lays the foundation for us. So please bear with me. Finally, in the King James Version, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. 
It says, to write the same thing to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So if you come to church and you keep wanting to hear something new and something presumably improved and a little more razzle-dazzle, I just am here to tell you tonight, you know, if the Apostle Paul said, I'm here to tell you the same old thing, I'm here going to remind you of something because as I do that, it's safe for you. How many of you want to be safe? There's a problem with churches or with Christians sometimes with our, in our Christian life. We, we sometimes heard something and then we move on too quickly. We don't really have a firm grasp of that really in our life. So let's get our ears perked up. The Apostle Paul started it off right there with a bass hit. He says, I'm writing the, I'm writing the same thing to you, but it's not grievous uh, for you. It's actually safe. It says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ. Please say the next phrase with me. And have no confidence in the what? And have no... Now that's a, that's a key uh, part of the scripture, a key component of the message tonight because we started off with Jesus himself saying, the flesh profits nothing. Then you have the apostle Paul saying, we have no confidence in the flesh. How about we find out what he's talking about? If he doesn't have confidence in the flesh, maybe we shouldn't have confidence in the flesh. Maybe we shouldn't put such a great stock in things of the flesh or the fleshly approach. Now notice this in verse 4. I mean, you, you all might think, oh, he's going to preach about the flesh. Oh yeah, you know, adultery and fornication. No, the, this, I'm just going to take this really basic. Let's look at the next verse. It says here in verse 4, Though I might also have confidence, somebody say confidence, in the flesh. So there you go. What he's talking about is your attitude of how you approach life. If you are confident, I'm glad. I, I love a person that's confident. Trust me, all those self-help books that are out there, stand up straight, dress well, groom yourself well, you know, believe in what you're doing and all. That's wonderful. But the thing is, if that's a gospel without Christ that says believe in yourself, it's the wrong gospel. There was an explosion and continues to be an explosion of self-help books out on the market and self-help, uh, how do you say, um, seminars. But you see, many of these things going around, they're, they're fine, they're okay. They're biblical principles, you understand. They're biblical principles, but they're a gospel without Christ. And what the, the Apostle Paul says, I am not going to take any confidence in the flesh. Now listen to some of the things I might skip a little to save time. He says, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I have more. I got a question for you tonight. How much are you trusting in your flesh and how much are you trusting in God? Now when I say your, your flesh, I mean, how much are you trusting your training, your experience? Hello? Your accomplishments. How much are you trusting in that? Your bank accounts. How much are you trusting in that? And how much are you trusting in God? Now we're going to find out tonight. Let this challenge you, but don't get mad at the messenger, okay? Everybody love Pete. Well, you can love. I, I hope you'll love me by the end of the night. It says, I, I have... 
I, I might have confidence, even more opportunity, basically, to have confidence in the flesh. Look at, he, he, be, he begins to list off his pedigree. The moment that people begin to flash all their pedigree and all their degrees and all their experience and all, they're just a billboard of, look at me, look at me, look what I've done. The moment you do it, you know, that like waves a red flag to me. Because I'm saying, okay, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad that you got all these awards and these accomplishments. But hey, uh, who are you trusting in? Notice this. He's talking about the fact that he was uh, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Concerned, that means a big PhD in the law. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things... What things, verse 7, what things were, were, were gained to me. Things that were so important that I thought I was all that, right? The thing, all of a sudden he met Christ and then what did he say? I count them but dung that I may win Christ. So something happened with this highly accomplished, highly educated, and extremely effective man. He was doing what he set out to do. He planned. He took the, he, he took all the seminars on how to plan. He went to all the self-help seminars and he was helping himself. Trust me. He was killing Christians right and left. He was doing what he thought was the right thing. He was resting on the fact that he had studied and that he had this background or that background. But when he had an encounter with Christ, something happened. I believe that happens with every human being. Something happened with Paul when, he, when Jesus, the, the, the Lord, manifested himself to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And suddenly, Paul realized that everything that he had accomplished in his flesh was worth nothing. Now, I don't know where you come from, how much education or not you have, what you can do or not do. But I'm telling you, when we all meet face on, head on with the Christ, we suddenly realize that I got nothing. None of us got nothing. And the Apostle Paul put it very clearly. I, what did he say? He says, uh, without, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But the Apostle says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? But everything in Paul was through Christ. Through Christ, he was giving God the glory, not his training. Come on. Hallelujah. So I think, I think, and he says he counted for loss and then, uh, go on, we can go on, but I think, I think that's fair enough. Let's, let's, let's look at Philippians chapter three, page two. For me, Philippians three, three in the New Living Translation says, for we, uh, this is New Living Translation, Philippians three, three. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who truly, who are truly circumcised. We rely, listen to the verbiage here. We rely. On what Christ Jesus has done for us, we put no confidence in human effort. Are you listening to me? Look what the Amplified Classic, a little phrase says, and put no confidence or dependent on what we are in the flesh or, or on outward privileges and physical advantages or external appearances. I've heard it written that Samson probably was not a burly, mus a Herculean looking guy. Or else they would have been able to figure out like, well, of course he can 
slay so many people and pick up the gate and bust so many stuff. Because look at, look at the size of that dude. I mean, he looks like huge. Man, I really tried to be like that when I was about 12. It never worked, as you can tell. I really, come on, be honest, guys. How many of you want to look like that Hercules? You watch those Hercules movies like, man, you go in the mirror and think like, am I looking okay? And, and then you go back and see the Hercules movies like, man, I haven't even left yet. Still 98 pounds and haven't made it. But think about this. Why were people in that day so puzzled about the source of Samson's strength? I mean, if he looked like Hercules, wouldn't it be obvious? But if he was kind of like thin, I'm not saying he was, but what if he was thin? And maybe he wasn't, you know, six foot five and weighed 350 pounds with every bulging muscle. But what if he was just some ordinary looking dude that had the anointing come on him and he could rip apart things and tear chains and tear ropes and slay thousands of people at one time? You're like, dude, what's the source of your, how do you do this? Steroids? Oh, just, just. <laughs> How do you do that? No confidence in the flesh. Look at this. So we, we put no confidence on physical advantages or external privileges. Just food for thought. Look what the message says. We do not rely on what we have accomplished or in the flesh. If the Lord tapped you and said, I want you to start a new business, you're, you're going to take that endeavor on. If you're led by the flesh, you're going to say, well, you know, man, I've, I've started three other businesses. I'm highly successful. I'm Forbes top 100 and like, wow, you know, my stock. Well, you know, you know, so, so uh, if you want to be in my company, you better really get ready to run because I'm really something, you know, God will make toothpicks out of your legs, folks. No, I'll just say the devil will make toothpicks out of your legs. It is he that gives you the ability to do things. Anything and everything we are is because of Him and His mercy and His anointing flowing through us. Hallelujah. So look at this. Let's look at what John 3, 6 says in the King James Version. Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, I understand he was talking about being born again. I get that. But let's take from that concept that there are things that you're going to accomplish in life that they're either going to be accomplished by the, by the hand of the Lord upon you and the working of the Spirit of God on you, yeah. or there are things that you're going to give birth to that is just the flesh and a mess. Now, let me tell you something. Whatever we do by the arm of the flesh, it will always cost you more than you were thinking you would have to pay. Say that. I think I'll repeat that again. Whatever you do by the arm of the flesh, it will always cost us more than you were, than you thought it would cost you. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that it's sin. You know, it's not necessarily sin, but if we're missing the mark, we have to choose wisely how we, how we put our endeavors. Yeah, God will dig us out of a mess. He's a very faithful Lord and loves us. But if we choose to start an endeavor in the flesh and we haven't done our homework in the spirit, how much praying have you done about that? Did you really, you know, I, I love someone that has prayed 
and that received something from God and they're stepping out and they know exactly what God put in their heart. You know why? Because they line up with scripture. He says, don't be vague and thoughtless. But you need to know what the will of the Lord is. And on top of being led, filled with this, be being filled with the Spirit, it's also know what your purpose is. That's why this class is so valuable. Like, what am I here for? Amen, somebody. So we need to learn how to differentiate tonight. I'm trying to challenge you. Somebody help me. I'm trying to challenge you to differentiate between a good idea and a God idea. There are so many good things that you can do. But in case you haven't learned or realized this yet, our time is finite here on the earth. You cannot do everything. You're going to need to say no to some things and yes to other things. The things that God has called you, the things that His hand... See, you're able and anointed to do the things that God has called you to do and is anointing you to do. But the things that you're just making up in your mind are because everybody else is doing it. That's going to cost you. It's going to rob you somewhere. It's gonna, you're going to be worn out. And then it's like, you, you know, the, the, the picture of the, 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 the acrobats that have the plates spinning. That's how your life might be. I'm suggesting to you, it's time for us to know the difference between a good idea and a God idea. I thank God. I thank God that we have pastors that wait on God and they don't just go with every good idea. There's so many good ideas. There are so many good ideas. But just like an example to us, they don't run with every good idea. They run with whatever the God idea. Where's the anointing for us as a church to go? And the church down the street, they need to wait on God and their mission would be different than our mission. They would be doing different things than we're doing. Why is that? Because each pastor, they have a mission. Each church, every congregation has a mission. Amen, Pastor Tom. That's why don't, please don't be frustrated. Whatever church you go to, don't be frustrated because, man, they have this at that church, but we don't have it at this one. Or the one that I used to, they used to fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. We used to have a, an ABC team or a, we used to do this and we used to do that. Hey, we're, we, Trust that God help every pastor everywhere to do what is the God idea for their congregation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just thought I put a little plug in there. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 8. Look what it says here. So then, and this is, you know, so then those who are in the flesh, in other words, those that are just doing just good ideas, Right, Those that are just doing something because everybody else is doing it. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. If you're outside of the supply that God has called you to do, I I would be in a bad way if I was out selling shoes. If I was a real estate agent. If I went to be a stockbroker. I would be in a bad way. I would be violating the calling that God put on me to serve you and to serve my pastor and serve this community. Amen. Amen. We have to discern our purposes. Discern them. So look at this. It says here, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So what's the answer to this? Remember, Jesus said the flesh profits how much? 
See, and I want to get this across to you. To be in the flesh doesn't mean you're in gross sin. To be in the flesh means that you're into an endeavor that God's not in it. Does that help you? See, if God's not in it and on it and working through it, that means you're doing it's all on you. You're paying for it. When things come up, it's on you. But you see, if you're doing the God thing and God's on it, if Pharaoh's on your tail, Pharaoh's going to be swallowed up in the Red Sea and you're not. You'll go through the fire and not be burned. Oh, hallelujah. I'm feeling something. He'll deliver you from the strife of tongues. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about gossip. You will find the supplies of the Spirit that keep lifting you up. I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but when you go through a hard time, when we've gone through hard times, and this church prays for us, I could feel this lifting. It's like, man, I, I know I'm supposed to be like really sad right now, but it's kind of like I'm able to, we're able to do this. I know I'm supposed to be exhausted or something, but I could feel, what is that? It's the supply of the Spirit. Paul will say it this way. He says, I know that this too shall turn, or Peter, this too shall turn to my salvation by your supply of prayer and the supply of the Spirit, you see. I can't remember. Was that Peter or Paul that said that? Paul, thank you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hello, God? Yes, I'm hearing your spirit. I am so here. That was a good idea. Thank you, Lord. Listen to what it says here. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. Death that comprises the the miseries arising from sin, both here and the hereafter. Let me go in verse number 7. Let's see. Uh, verse 7, and this would be from the Amplified Classic, Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 7. That is because the mind of the flesh with the carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God and it's, uh, God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So those living the life of the flesh, and I know we hear it says catering to appetites and impulses uh, of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. Let's look at another scripture. What do you say? Jeremiah chapter 17, if you have a Bible, or else I have a very good friend in high places up there that's going to put it up there for me. I like friends in high places. How about you? Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6 in the New King James Version says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Wow. And makes flesh... His strength. That word strength in the King James Version is translated a little different. It's, it's basically makes flesh his arm. Okay? Hence, the, the, you hear the phrase, the arm of the flesh, which is not a good thing, by the way. If you haven't learned that by so far, I've failed my job. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and he shall, let, catch this, shall not see, or let me, let me take a little liberty, shall not be able to see when good comes. You see, in order for you to see the supplies that are coming your way, you have to be in the Spirit to see, oh, there it is, oh, there it is, or you will miss your supply. See, the, my Bible says, I had believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have fainted, except I had believed to see. 
So you have, let's take two individuals. One individual is just doing their own thing and just slugging it out and making, trying to make life work. And the other person's entered into rest and they're praying and trusting God. They're sowing seed. They're being generous and being faithful unto the Lord and just letting Him bring it to pass. And then they, the Lord reveals to them because He says, you know, uh, these things are revealed to us by His Spirit. And they go, oh, over there. And over there may not look very like very much. Over there might look like a shack. I didn't want to buy that house that my wife wanted me to wanted us to buy. It didn't have a garage. I wanted a, I wanted a gym. We would have ended up at Mesa Verde, if you could believe this. Because I thought, you know, you have arrived if you have a, a workout facility and a parking place. I thought a parking garage. That's what makes it happen. And, and my wife's going, no, 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 no. So, so since if mama's not happy, nobody's happy, I said, okay, 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 we'll go with that one. So I got no garage out of it. I felt like, bummer, man. And I realized something. As I, I went ahead and bought the house, it's been such a blessing to us. I realized something. Did you know that most people that have garages, they don't even park their cars in them. They use it for storage. Is, am I right? Am I right? They stuff it floor to ceiling with whatever it is, and they don't even use it for parking their cars. Is that right? So I'm thinking like, well, check this out. But that was after the fact. I, I tell you, the story of how we ended up with this house is such a miracle that I can't really tell you. But I will tell you this. It was being led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. So what we were saying a moment ago is, if you believe to see the goodness of God in the land of living, you're going to see it. But the person that's just out slugging it out, doing their own thing, they're just looking in the MLS and intimidating realtors and trying to act all that. They're not, they're going to miss opportunities because can I share it with you? Sometimes opportunities don't look like opportunities. Sometimes the guy that you think you should crown king doesn't, is not six foot five. And, you know, sometimes he's just a teenage kid that's kind of smelly from the watching sheep that his dad even forgot to bring in the room. That he didn't even think about him. Oh, yeah. It must, I, it's, he's out there. Get, bring him in. Ooh, bring him in. You know, he, after all these sons walked by the prophet, then they, the one that's the least likely. He's the one. He goes, that's the one. Arise, anoint him. He's the one. You know, you, that's what I'm trying to tell you. We've got to walk this thing out by faith and operate in the spirit. When the Lord says, that's the one, you need to grab that one. You know, but Lord, it's not the canary yellow, um, convertible, Corvette that I want, that I, I thought I wanted. Come on, friends. Sometimes we're like kids at the grocery store. You know, they pack all the little candies and stuff. And man, one of the hardest things on mom is just not fair. They put all that candy and stuff. So moms have to drag. No, you can't. Johnny, put that back in there. Get away from there. Ah, ah. Lady, can you please control your kid? I'm trying. Ah. <laughs> it's their fault. They put all that candy and stuff right at eye level because you know what they're trying to get the kids to grab it and make a big stink of about it. It's not fair. <laughs> but sometimes we're that way. The devil will put this, oh, that canary yellow convertible Corvette and whatever. And you know, and the Lord's just trying to say, it's all right. That, I mean, that, that, that's okay, but that's not my best for you. I really want you to get the whatever. <laughs> and in most, in many cases, it will surprise you. After you have, you go like, man, you know, this is a really nice car, or this is a really nice house, or this is a wonderful church, isn't it? 
You know what I'm saying? Or, wow, this is a good... I really am glad I went to that Why on Earth Are You Here For seminar. That was really... I'm glad I came to that men's meeting. That was awesome with Brother Emmanuel sharing. Like, wow, that was, that was totally worth it. I mean, I came for the bacon and I got the word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever works. By the way, it was sausage, not bacon. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. It was outstanding. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So really, uh, we have to trust God, amen, so that we don't depart from walking by the Spirit. Now, so, so these people that don't walk uh, and put in the Spirit and put their trust in their own ability and their own shopping and their own comparative and the pros and the cons and how much the market is and this and that and the other thing, all these, all these works, they're not going to see when good, a good thing comes. They're going to miss it. But look what it says in... in uh, in Jeremiah 17.5 in the King James Version, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man that trusteth in man and makes flesh his arm, in whose heart departeth from the Lord. And what I'd like to say there is not necessarily, in our instance, it's not necessary that you're backsliding from God, but you stop listening, you stop consulting, you stop acknowledging the Lord in all your ways. So you start, you know, making contracts and buying things and stepping out in life decisions without consulting God. Are you serious? We can't afford that. Somebody say we can't afford that. Can't afford it. Time's too short. So there's three things. That, uh, that I saw from that Jeremiah 17. Where are we on time? Ooh. Okay. Trust, trust in man, man-made efforts, man-made plans, man-made strategies. Right? Number two is, is, is a person that relies on the flesh to bring it to pass. Like, you're gonna muscle it because I, I went to that seminar, how to flip houses, and I'm not saying don't flip houses. I'm just telling you that I went and, <laughs> I'm one of those that tried to flip it and it flopped. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> I went for a flip and ended up with the flop. <laughs> but God redeemed me because <laughs> he loves me. <laughs> and the devil lost, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. Are we having fun in church yet? I'm going to cry in a minute. Oh, God. So he departs from the Lord. He ignores the Lord, excludes the Lord, rebels against the Lord. Okay, so in essence, essence, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But look at this. Don't we already know that in Isaiah 55, we're not going to read it for the sake of thought. Don't we understand now that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts? And that his ways are higher than our ways? And higher than the heavens is above the earth, so higher is his thoughts above our thoughts? Come on. So let me talk to you a few things about, a few earmarks about when you're operating in flesh versus when you're operating in spirit. Operating in flesh, the flesh, here's a telltale story, it's impatient. You know, it's going to make something happen. It's compulsive. You just, you just say, I'm, I'm done with this, I'm done. You just make it happen. And you're willing to employ compromised means to accomplish your goal. Now, when I say compromised means, of course, anything illegal is wrong. But when I say compromise, in other words, like what you really, what you really needed, what you really were, were, were thinking that God put on your heart that you really needed was an ABC. But, uh, but then you ran across the DEF and it's been, 
two days and you got impatient and said, that's, that's good enough. I'll just get, you know, look at make do won't do. Does that make sense to you? Don't put up with something that's almost and not quite. Because not quite is not right. You're on God kingdom business. Hallelujah. Don't sign that contract if it's not quite. Because if it's not quite, it's not right. Here's something that the, what the Spirit does in contrast to that impatience. The Spirit receives a promise and waits patiently for God to bring it to pass. So here's, here's, here's some earmarks of being a person that's operating by the Spirit. Wait! 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 Don't just jump out. Wait. Make sure it's God. Man, you work... Man, you're, you're, you guys never do nothing. Oh yeah, we do. We make progress. It's always steady and it's always upward. Amen. You know, and you don't, well, you're just scared to step out. Oh, no, you're just scared to wait. (laughs) Come on, you're scared to wait. You don't believe that God's the one that's going to bring it to pass. Come on, let's turn to Psalm 37. Help me out here. You know I'm preaching real good right now. Psalm 37, verse 1 through 8 in the Amplified Classic says this. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be envious against those who work unrighteousness, that which is not upright or in right standing with God. Well, there you go. There's a, sig- there's a sign that you're not in the right spirit right there, that you're in the flesh. If you're fretting and fuming and you're agitated and you're upset, that's not God. They that have believed, they enter, they, they're led forth. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with What? Thank you. You've been trained well in this church. Pastor's trying to tell us for year after year. Walk in peace. Your decisions need to be bathed in peace. You know, if it was urgent, trust me, he would get the message across to you. I felt pressured, I'll just tell you. I felt pressured. I was rolling over about $28,000, which was not really a lot of money today, but maybe for some people. But uh, a number of years ago, I I had to make this decision to roll over $28,000. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Why didn't I just say, just put it in a money market somewhere and just hold it because I'm going on a trip and I haven't had time. I won't tell the broker this, but I haven't had time to pray about it. But I just thought, I just thought, oh, I have to, I have to. Pressure equates to the flesh. That's good. Hey, Pastor Markle, he does a great job of displaying walking in peace, walking in patience, walking in vision, and letting God bring it to pass. Instead of uh, resorting to gimmicks and, you know, now we're going to sell holy water for a special, for the building fund. Sorry, you are not going to find holy water that we sell for a thousand dollars a bottle at Heart of the Bay. We have no magic carpets to sell. Sorry, that's not a, We have no magic cloaks that you're going to get that's suddenly going to bring you out of debt. That's not how it works. Not at Heart of the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you glad our parent, our our parents, our our spiritual mom and dad? Aren't you glad that they're not into gimmicks like that? I mean, come on, you should be alert by now. Anybody that's telling you, you know, give a hundred dollars and you'll become a millionaire tomorrow, uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. Or how about this one? Give a give a thousand dollars or you're cursed if you don't give it. Like, whoa, you know, you know that that's wrong too. You're well taught. 
Got a few laughs out of that one. Okay, fret not yourself because of evil. Wednesday nights in Hayward. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither be envious against those who work unrighteousness. Let's move to verse 2. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Now here's a verse I need to bring out and, and spend just a little time. Trust. What? Verse 3. Trust, lean on, rely, and be confident in the Lord. And do good. I love that. So these are life skills. These are survival skills. (laughs) I mean, we can't afford to make mistakes, friends. It says here, trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on his faithfulness. And truly you shall be fed. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. This is something to live by, friends. Let's go to verse number four, uh, verse number five. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each of your care of your load on Him. Trust, lean on, and rely, and be confident also in Him. And what's going to happen? And He will bring it to pass. I mean, we almost have to get to the place where if God doesn't bring it to pass, it ain't going to happen. I mean, I sh- I, or else I, I am not going to lose sleep over this. God, you bring it to pass, or I don't need it. And I'm so challenged. I am so challenged by, uh, by the testimony of, um, of Abraham when he uh, pursued those kings that attacked uh, Sodom, Gomorrah, and other kings of that area. And he went with his handful of soldiers, really, like 300 and some, and, and overtook them and got all the spoil back. And then the kings were so great, grateful to him. They said, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what, you saved the day. Man, you could have all the spoil. And Abraham, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, I have lifted up my hand to God. And I swear, I swear allegiance to him. I will not even take a shoe latchet from you lest you would say that you made Abraham rich. Isn't that something? You don't even have to steal a pencil from your job. <laughs> or a pen or a piece of paper. I mean, you don't want to take nothing to give the devil any glory. Because who is it the one that's going to lift you up and cause you to rise up? It's the Lord. The Lord will bring it to pass. Of course, it's, it's wonderful what happened in the next chapter of Genesis, but I don't know if we have time to get into that. That was pretty amazing. That was in <laughs> Genesis fourteen twenty one. <laughs> we might revisit that, but let's let's do some closing thoughts. What do you say? This whole idea of being agitated—it's not a good idea. I don't know. Some of I think there's two sides of our personalities. Those of us that might be in the room, there are those people that are impatient. That come on, let's just do it. Just hurry up. Those are the kind that step out and just jump out ahead of things and maybe didn't pray enough. And then there's the, the other ones that, I don't know if I can do it. I, they, they're the ones that will never jump out on nothing. <laughs> and when the Lord says, I want you to pick up an ABC, they need to, we need to encourage each other. Okay, that's the person you are. Okay, you need to 
pick it up here and do ABC like the Lord said. He said to Abraham, pick up and move to this place. I'm not saying you have to move anywhere. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you. You need to stop sitting in the middle row and move a little closer or a little further back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is America. But if we got got five, six hundred seats in this auditorium and you're always sitting all the way, way back. Way back there. Hello, no, no, no. How you doing? Doing, doing, doing. And then the pastor comes in. Well, it would really be helpful if some of you move forward. I know this is America; it's a free country and all, but it would really help me, help me, help me. If you came forward, forward, forward. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's nice to have fun in church. But who knows what the Lord's asking you to move? You know, to do something different. <laughs> Hallelujah. How about somebody to move into the usher team? That would help. Thank you, Jesus. I just put a little... How about the, how about the parking lot team? Thank you, Jesus. We need some help on the parking lot, guys. I hope the Lord's asking you to move in some directions. Anyway, oh, my wife will thank me for that later. Anyway, so will Brian. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> James one twenty eight of his own... Let me read James 1. And verse 18 through 20, James 1, 18 through 20. We're in the New King James. Too much fun here at Heart of the Bay. Oh, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now watch this. So then, these are qualities that, he, that you should expect. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Do you have a short fuse? Get help. (laughs) I'm glad I'm having fun here in church. I'm serious though. We have to learn. If you have a short fuse, get help. Because my goodness, why is that? Because look at what it says in verse 20. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh, there's a time where the Lord will get you fired up and maybe you'll be the person that, hopefully not here, but goes through the temple and chases out the money changers and that. But I leave that to the heavy hitters like Jesus, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to go through here and attack the bookstore or anything like that. Please please don't say that. Pastor Tom said that. But on the other hand, you know what? We don't have to strive. He says, the servant of the Lord must not strive. You need to be gentle. And let, let, let the power and the strength of God come through. Just to look would do it. Hallelujah. Anyway, closing thoughts. And then I have to... I have to close. Everybody having fun tonight? Boy, we're having a blast. Where do I pay? Okay, moving right along. Spirit versus flesh. Three key areas that I want to point out before we close. Protection, provision, and purpose. Let me say that again. Protection, provision, and purpose. Protection. The Spirit says this, The Lord is my protector and my shield, my defense. Appreciate the series Pastor Mark has been doing on Psalm 91. The Lord is your shield, right? So, I'm, I mean, it says in Psalm 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some trust in hor- uh, horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That is in a military backdrop, okay? So, you know, of course, Psalm 91, those that dwell in the secret place, God is our protector. We say of the Lord, He is my, you know, sh- shelter, my high tower and all that. Uh, the flesh, 
uh, man, we need to take karate. <laughs> Let's get a new alarm system. <laughs> Let's get five more locks on the door. Uh, we better, maybe we should buy a gun or something. Okay, look, I'm not saying don't have a gun or do have a gun or don't take karate or do take karate, but I'm saying, what I am saying is your security and your safety is not in those things. I mean, whenever you think of security and safety, think David. The uh, the one that had a little slingshot, okay? His security was not in the sling, by the way. But he says, but he was a marksman, make no mistake about it. And there were, back in those days, there were left-handed <laughs> marksmen. B, I might be on that team that could sling the shot. And they said they could bring it in with a hair's breadth of a, of a hair. So that means that they were really good, <laughs> right? So no doubt that's not the first time that David did. But he didn't say, I come at you in the name of... My spalding slingshot. All the hours that I spend. I've got all this logged hours and I can lob 300 yards and hit it within that. That's not what he said, did it? How, how, did, how, did, how did he come up against the giant? He said, you come at me with a sword and a spear. Here it is. But I come against you with my slingshot. No, he says, I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts whom you have defied. Who is this uncircumcised feeling? Today, I am going to deliver you to the fowl of the air. And you know, God was with him. Oh, yes. I like this. I'm just, I feel an anointing on this and I wish I had 30 more minutes. But I'm telling you what, don't ever despise what God has put in your hand. God has put something in your hand. It may be a slingshot, but bless God if God is on that slingshot and you are approaching life not in the power of the slingshot, but in the name of the Lord of hosts. Come on. And you're going to take hold of some things, not because you're such a good marksman, but because you're going in the name of the Lord and you're using whatever it is that he put in your hand. A stick. A stick. The, the, the Goliath said, what am I, a dog that you would come after me with a stick? You know, like, what, what is this? Ha, ha, ha. I'll tell you, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> God had the last laugh. But I hope you're encouraged in that. Never, never underestimate the power of anointing on your life. Use what you have. What God's put in your hand. Somebody said, amen. So that was protection. You know, uh, let's look at something else. Oh, oh, Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards a city, the watchmen always stay awake in vain. For it is, here's a good one. It's vain for you to rise up early and sit up late to eat the bread of, bread of sorrows. For he gives his beloved sleep. And here's another work. One for those of you that are workaholics. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Neither does, in, neither does your own toiling increase the blessing. That's flesh. You staying up late at night and, and trying to read one more, or two more, or three more books or more articles. That's the flesh. Do your work and go to sleep. And while you're asleep, he gives his blessings. He gives his beloved blessings in their sleep. Let the world burn themselves out. Not you. You get sleep, you rest, you do what you feel that God had you to do and sleep just fine. Oh man, I heard you had to do this report. Yeah, I do. He says, isn't it due like in three days? Yep. Well, aren't you going to pull that all nighter? No, I've been doing a little bit and God's helping me. Hallelujah, somebody. Oh, well, not too many students. How many students in the room got finals and all that? Okay, okay. Thank you, Jesus. We got one. 
All right, at least we've got one witness on that one. Okay, moving around. Sia, where are you, Sia? Get her the tape. All right. <clears throat> that, so that was, that, that was about efforts, actually. The Lord's trying to help you. Provision. The Lord, you got to have this understanding that the Lord is your provider, that the Lord will provide. He is the provider. The Lord is your shepherd. And what? You shall not want. We also know in Matthew 6, 32 through 34, that your heavenly father knows that you need this thing. He knows you need rent money or he need to pay this loan off. You need transportation. He knows these things. But what does he says? Take no thought for the morrow. He says, look, seek first what? The kingdom of God. How about walk in the spirit and just be aware of those things and be patient and let me bring things to pass. Instead of you running out and running up your credit card debt and getting a loan on something, I'm not saying getting loans is bad. It says if you get in the wrong position at the wrong time, you're in trouble. Somebody say amen if you've ever been in that before. All right, moving right along. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these Things that's provision shall be added unto you, and then there's uh, opportunity, <laughs> purpose, and direction. Remember, there was there was three things that we were closing with. There was protection, provision, and purpose. Uh, so now we're let's talk about purpose right quick, and we'll close. Purpose equates to me to planning and direction. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lead down, you know, lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He guides me. These are thi- He protects me. These are things that are shepherd. We either believe it or we don't. And the only way you can ascertain that is if you walk by the Spirit. It's the only way we can ascertain it. So check this out. Seek the Lord and He will direct your paths. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I love Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Pastor uses this scripture quite a bit. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. Check this out. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil and it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Amen, somebody? Don't rely on your own insight. Don't rely. What if the Lord told you to do something nuts? You know, like, he spoke to me too. Like, I gave up, back in the day, I was making 35000 a year in the 70s or 80s. I was a, I was a, a government employee. <clears throat> Thank goodness the government wasn't shut down back then. Ha ha. But I'm making 35000 a young man, about 22, 23 years old. And the Lord just touches my heart. I want you to serve me. And my wife and I leave that. I, I paid $225 for a Garrett flat, Victorian flat in San Francisco. All our cars are paid for. Money in the bank. Giving away money to people. Helping them buy their houses and eating out a lot. <laughs> and the Lord taps me and says, I want you to go to Bible school. So we go to Bible school. And my salary dropped from 35000 to nine. <laughs> but I, I, it almost sounds like a little parallel to what was happening with, although Mike has me beat, he was only making $70 a week. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we did the same thing. We just followed after that. And we're just following God. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Hallelujah. What an adventure, huh, friends? Come on, somebody. What an adventure. But we did not, that just did not make sense. I mean, I told, when I told my in-laws and I told my parents, I'm leaving my job, we're moving to Texas. Like, what? And, and I'm, I've got a new salary of $9,000 a year. Isn't that exciting? What? Some things don't make sense, friends. They just don't make sense to the carnal mind. 
But they, they, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. They don't make sense to the flesh. It doesn't make sense to the flesh. But to the Spirit, you know something. There's paydays coming. Hallelujah. So be not wise in your own eyes. You know what I'm saying? In all your ways, know and acknowledge Him. He's going to do something for you. So let's not be the people that Google all our options, weigh the pros and the cons, and pick the alternatives that look the best. Make, quote, intelligent decisions based on the path that seems most logically financially feasible and make and seems to promise the greatest reward. Because quite frankly, sometimes you'll end up going someplace you never thought you'd ever be. And yet that's where God, the best place for you to be is where His presence is, where His calling is, where His provision is, where His protection is. Come on, somebody. Protection, provision, I missed one. Purpose. How can I forget that? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. We worship you. I thank you for moving in our lives so powerfully. What a privilege to, to have access to the thoughts of God. We're talking about the higher thoughts, the thoughts that are high above the heavens, high above our thoughts. And not only that, plans and purposes from heaven. And to be used and partner with God. Wow. And to have a constant assurance in our spirit that we know in whom we have believed. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. And we know that you're able to keep all that we commit to into your hand against that day. The day of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a privilege. I worship you, Lord, for this precious Precious commission you've given us. It's our pleasure, Lord. Help us to walk in the Spirit. Help us to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, help us not to lean on the arm of the flesh. And Lord, in those places where we've leaned on the arm of the flesh, and all of us have had an Ishmael at least one time in our life, where we were trying to help you out. Forgive us, Lord, and please pull us out of those places. We just really want to be where you want us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I didn't get a chance to talk about Ishmael, but, you know, let's not be too hard on Abraham. You know, that was a, that whole Ishmael. How many of you ever heard that teaching about Ishmael? That, that God's promise was, I guess the teaching's still going. The, pro- <laughs> the promise, don't worry, I'll let you out soon. The promise was to Isaac, not Ishmael. Now, here's what happened. Sarah got nervous and thought she was going to help God. She got impatient and did something in the flesh. So she says, I know, let's do this. And it was like this surrogate mother thing. This was common practice back then. If you couldn't have a child, what you do is you get your servant or your handmaiden or your slave or whatever. And then you say, okay, she's going to have a child in my name. And then you kind of take that, you, you, you have your husband have a relationship with her and bring her in, whatever. And then has that baby. She'll go, that's my baby. It's, let's not be too hard on them. It's kind of like, let's call it adoption. And there's nothing wrong with adoption. Okay. There's really nothing wrong with it. But there's only one problem with it. If God said, I want it to happen through Isaac, you say, oh no, let it be through Ishmael. And did you know that Abraham actually tried to negotiate with God and say, oh Lord, he goes, the Lord spoke to him. He says, now through Sarah, don't call her Sarai anymore, call her Sarah, and she's going to have a son. And then, and then, you know, Abraham laughing in himself, he says, oh Lord, let Ishmael live before you. <laughs> I mean, I'm a hundred, hello. <laughs> let Ishmael live before you, Lord. You know, and the Lord said, no. 
It's going to be through Isaac. Because he's got plans and purposes, friends. Amen? So, boy, i got to turn this off here. But anyway, I know that we've all had an Ishmael here or there. God help us with our Ishmaels. Amen? If Abraham missed it a time or two, come on, don't, go, don't be too hard on yourself. Amen? Let's give God a shout. Hallelujah!